Okay, good morning. Today is Yid Gimel Shvat. Um, we're finishing chapter Chaf today, which is not the end of anything. I mean, it's the end of something, but chapter Chaf is like the middle of this big conversation where we are... Don, 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 don. We're in the middle of basically talking about, to repeat myself for the whatever number day of Tanya this is, <laughs> um, we are in the middle of talking about how to be Bananin. And what the altar was basically teaching us about being Bainani is that a Bainani is somebody, right, who can hold his animal soul from the perspective of his godly soul. I can hold my parts from the perspective of myself. Sadiqim don't even have an animal soul to hold. There's no parts to hold. Everything is oneness with Hashem. Everything is a reflection of their higher self. A Russia is in a state of, I am my parts. I am my animal soul. There's no differentiation between me and animal soul. A Bainani is somebody who says, I have animal soul. It's never going away, not because there's something wrong with me, not because of anything other than the fact that this is my divine service, that I should have an animal soul for the rest of my life. But a Bainani doesn't just give in to that and say, okay, so I have an animal soul, so I'll just be animal soul consciousness forever, right? That's already now they're in the category of Russia. What a Bainani does is a Bainani says, I have animal soul consciousness. I will eternally have this space inside of me that bubbles up from in my body, into my heart, into my brain, into stories that I'm making about life that say I'm a fragmented person in a fragmented world. I do not have an essential belonging to the unity of life. And yet the Bainani says, although I will forever have that experience, I also forever have a state of godly soul. I have access to my godly soul. And with my godly soul, I can actually hold and handle and nurture and tend to and make a dira bitachtonim within my animal soul too. So... The, that was the whole beginning of Tanya and then the author was like okay well then how do we do that and how do we do that before we get into which is going to be starting chapter 26 which is like now actually going back to the animal soul and being like okay now let's start nurturing you and dealing with you and tending to you first what we have to do is we have to be like first we have to kind of solidify ourselves in the space of our godly soul we have to find out what it feels like to be sitting in the throne of our godly soul because we said this many times, and Altar mentioned this many times in the first like chapters of Tanya. Basically, Altar was saying like, if you have animal soul, it's kind of it's like the Hayom Yom. Like when animal soul fights animal soul, you just have two animal souls. But when godly soul and godly soul you, you join together, right? And what's that's coming from is it's the percept from the perception of the animal soul. When the animal soul comes up against the animal soul, and is like, be better, do better, blah blah, don't be anxious, all this stuff. It just creates more havoc because from the begin with, the animal soul doesn't have to offer the animal soul, what it, the, the animal soul that it's fighting, what it actually wants. It's like anxiety fighting anxiety or fear fighting fear. Being mad at yourself that you're anxious to try to stop being anxious. There, there's no win there. It may be a temporary win, but it's not actually helping anything. Where we have the healing is where we actually are able to give the animal soul what it wanted from the beginning, right? Which is what? To be, to be part of the unity of God, to finally believe that it's one with Hashem. Who can give it that? The godly soul. Why? Because the godly soul sees reality as the unity of God. And rea- the godly soul sees all, everything, including the animal soul, including the darkness, including the klipa, including everything as oneness with Hashem. So in these chapters, what we're doing is basically we're kind of... I, it's funny, I, I'm actually realizing for the first time myself, like I always thought that these chapters were only about that I have a space inside of me. Like I thought these chapters were basically only about like finding 
my godly soul, which it mostly is about, but it's, it's, a double, it's a double-edged sword in the most positive way because what we're basically, the author of his teaching is that when we find our godly soul, when we find access to the space inside of ourselves that sees life like this, what ends up happening, bye, what ends up happening is that everything around us changes too. Every, our entire, not only suddenly we have now access to the space, but suddenly through access to the space, we actually are seeing reality differently also. Because when we have access to our godly soul, when we're sitting in the throne of our godly soul, I see, the, what does the godly soul see? The godly soul sees the unity, right? So in talking about the space inside of myself that is this space of, of oneness, this godly soul, I'm also, by virtue of that, learning how I'm going to end up seeing all of life. It's interesting. Okay. Um... wondering if we should just go inside okay so how how is alterba teaching this how is alterba essentially teaching that we have the space of oneness that sees oneness and just i know i literally just said this but when i hear it in my own self like whatever <laughs> when i repeat myself it's i know i'm repeating myself but it's like i need to hear it again like it's it's like and what i consistently need to hear is that when the godly soul wins the animal soul wins too like for me, my whole life when I learned Tanya, it was like the godly soul wins or the animal soul wins. You're to fight one against the other. But what I've learned, first of all, my own experience with, my, like with IFS therapy, but also with Tanya is like when self wins, parts win too. When godly soul wins, animal soul wins too. Why? Because from the beginning, what the animal soul is doing, why the animal soul is behaving the way it's behaving is because it believes that it's a fragmented being in a fragmented world. It believes that it's separate from God. And yet, it wants to belong. It want, no, everyone wants to belong because that is the essential state of life, is unity. And so it searches for that belonging in taivas elam haza, or in these toxic things, or in emotionally irregulated things. But really what it wanted from the beginning is the unity with God. The God when the godly soul sees the animal soul, the godly soul sees the animal soul as also one with God, thus literally giving it what it always wanted from the beginning, with, which is a home inside of ourselves. So... It's just noticing again and again, like when the altar is spending the whole beginning of Tanya that we already went through of like, at the bainer is somebody who has an eternal animal soul. Like you will not feel like, Yael has something she always says, like you will not feel, you don't have to feel the same on every day, every, every single day. Like, oh, you're having a big emotion. Okay, I don't feel the same every day. That's a bainerni. That's the objective reality of our lives. What that means about me, what, how I now see my interaction with the fact that I will not feel the same. I will not have the same upcoming from my body into my heart, into my mind, animal soul consciousness every single day. How I see that experience, that's what we're talking about here. You know what I mean? And what Alter is teaching us is that the way we can see that experience is through the lens of our godly soul, which sees every single experience, including the darkness, including the light, including the Kali, including the or, including everything, as oneness with God and as part of the bigger story. And so it's like suddenly, like, it, like I, I was thinking of like this play on words almost of like, we say like the battle is the victory. It's like, what does that mean? The battle is the victory. Like the battle itself, the battle, meaning like the engagement that I'm going to eternally have with my animal soul becomes the victory because it becomes the purpose of my being alive. It becomes my, my, the way that I was born to engage with God, the way that Hashem is asking me to engage with Him and engage with my purpose of life. Like, this is what it is. And so it's like the battle of victory. Like, yeah, like, 
I'm here for it. Okay, yalla. You know what I mean? And not yalla, like yalla. Like yalla, like let me get my, let me find access as much as I can to, like the author says, my godly soul radiating in my mind. And then from that perspective, I now can approach my animal soul from this new way. So in chapter 20, the author was basically teach, in chapter 18 to 25, the author was teaching us that one of the ways we can access this godly soul and not only one of the ways we can access it, but when we access it, this is the way our godly soul sees reality. How does our godly soul sees reality? As literal oneness with Hashem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really good question. So, yeah, it's both. And I would say, actually, interesting, <laughs> I'm thinking about this now. It must be that the part that keeps us alive is more closely related to our animal soul than our godly soul, because we talk about our godly soul a lot, a lot in a way of like, it almost doesn't even care if it keeps us alive because all it wants is the unity of God. So it doesn't want to keep us alive because of survival mechanism. I need to survive. Otherwise, it's going to hurt if I die. I'm scared of death. Our godly soul wants us alive because Hashem wants us alive. So it's, it's less like the... Uh, God, I'm not, God forbid, calling the need for life codependent. You know what I mean? But it, in a way, the animal soul's fear of death and fear of pain. I'm like, I don't want anything that's going to bring me closer to death because that's scary. That's how the animal soul sees death. The godly soul sees death as I don't want to die because I have a mission to be alive and not a mission to do good blah 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 but like Hashem is creating me with life right now like of course I want to be alive you know but there's the juxtaposition there at the same time if push came to shove the godly soul would also say so now it's time to die for God it was before it was time to live for God and now it's time to die for God so from the godly soul's perspective it's like from the animal's perspective I'll do anything to stay safe to belong to be okay from the godly soul's perspective it's I will do anything to be one with Hashem and sometimes that happens through most uh, that will, yes, living for God. When you say like the Atzad has an animal soul but he rid it of its desires, he yeah. is left only with the like, forces keeping him alive, right? Is that, he got rid of the, the Even that's coming from his godly soul. Uh, He's not scared. Tzadik isn't scared of death. It's called the nefesh achiyunis, and the like. I, I don't, and honestly, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm too really good question. It's it, it it is keeping him alive, but what we know about the tzaddik is that the animal soul is serving the same function as the godly soul. The the tzaddik has two godly souls, like the animal soul is just serving his godly soul. But it's, it's a good question, it's, and I I feel it in my own self. The difference of when I'm living from a place of neediness and when I'm living from a place of like expansive I'm, I'm alive not just because like I'm afraid to die I'm alive because I'm in in the life you know like and that's the godly soul's consciousness interesting okay to apply this all to today Sonia as you can see I'm having a hard time bridging this gap here I'm also finding these chapters a bit esoteric um why is the author we're talking about words? One we're talking about in chapter 20 is the mushal of how our, our way of speaking is an illustration of Hashem's way of creating the world. Hashem creates the world through speech. Our way of speech is a mushal for Hashem. And we're going to see tomorrow that it's not a perfect mushal. We're going to see why tomorrow. But for today, let's just go with the mushal. 
Why is it, Mashal Farshem, what's happening? When I speak, one word comes out of my mouth, right? What we don't realize often, unless you're on a mind trip, <laughs> you know, or on shrooms or something, is that that one word that I'm speaking is not so simple. That that one word that ended up coming out of my mouth is the symptom and the product of an infinite context from which that one word came and that in comparison to the infinite context that one word is not nothing because it exists but nothing in the sense of it's one within infinity it's it's a drop within this infinite nature of everything from which my words came so we said we started talking yesterday about that it comes from my power of speech which is infinite my power of thought which is infinite the essence of my soul which, which is infinite that one word is just a reflection of all of that infinite context now continues today. We're going up even higher. To what does it mean that the one word is only one word is finite compared to the infinite nature of my soul? So we're going to go back and we're going to see that within the essence of my soul, I don't even have words. We're, just the end story of where we're going with this, just so you can relate it back, is that nature isn't natural. Like, we look around, what? We were just saying that this morning. Really? Nature is something that we use as a term to, like, explain how things are like. It's nature. Yes. Nature is the most magical, yes. miracle ever. Yes. Fantastic. Exactly. And if you're noticing how all that applies to everything we're talking about is because what we're really trying to do is come to this place where we're looking at the nature of life. And we're going to be able to look at it and say, I see God here. I see God here. This dark thing coming up in me, I see God here. This big emotion coming up, I see God here. This animal soul, I see God here. This klipa, I see God here. I see God here, I see God here, I see God here. And that perspective, we're, we're learning that perspective through understanding literally the nature, quote unquote, of reality. And the nature of reality is that it is embedded within infinity. It is the, I'm skipping it. See, I have a hard time teach, I think I'm noticing, wow, it's so interesting. I have a hard time teaching this chapter because tomorrow, in tomorrow, starting tomorrow's time, the altar is going to make the differentiation between our speech and God's speech. I, this example will never be good enough. Why? Because at the end of the day, when I speak, yeah, sure, it came from infinity, but when I speak, I ha- now have a word that came out of me that's not, no longer infinite, that's no longer embedded within the infinite nature, infinite context of the soul which, from which it came. But Mamish tomorrow's time, the beginning of tomorrow's time, the altar says, and yet Hashem's speech is not like our speech. With Hashem's speech, when he speaks, the word is still within him. That which he created into being from within the infinity is still inseparably within the infinite. It's still inseparably within his own chachma. It's still within his own self. So it's like hard for me to teach the mashal without also... But now that I said that, I think we should keep going forward. But for now, we're explaining just the contrast of one word from the infinite nature from which it comes, from the infinite essence from which it comes, to get, to get a grasp of the infinite nature that we are. Because if the one word comes from the infinite nature, but then we're going to say that that, infinite, that that one word is actually within the infinity, everything is Hashem. <laughs> and if everything is Hashem, then who am I? And what is this? Hashem says it exists. So what, what is it? My teacher. <laughs> My not something I need to dislike. <laughs> Put it that way. 
something I can breathe within because this too is the breath of Hashem. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know if that was clear at all. I'm like focused. I'm like trying to make it as clear as possible. Yeah. I'm myself like trying to. Okay. The ten attributes of the, we're talking about the essence of my soul all the way up, and I'm going like that. I don't know why it's interesting because it's not really up; it's more like in. It's like Atilos is there. No, it's like Atilos is here. It's just um, they are the ten attributes and so on are the root and source of thought, and before being clo- and before being clothed in the garment. They yet lack the element of letters. The mashal, as illustrated, Kishanai Felas. I was laughing at this. This is the first time that I've seen in Tanya, the only time that I've seen that, like, Dalter talked about the concept of, like, falling in love. Like, like that English word that we use of falling in love, Dalter was saying that when an emotion falls into your heart. It's interesting. Like, Kishanai Felas, Eze Ava Bechamda Bali, Baishal Adam. And Dr. specifically talking about the animal soul because it's starting not from a meditative experience, not from an expansive God, this experience, but from within my heart. When this, something comes up in my heart that makes me feel like I want it, I love it. Before it goes up into my mind in order to actually think about it. There's no letters there. There's no words there. There's only this like, gravitational pull of desire towards that thing that your heart is desiring. It's not, it's not expressible. The moment it's expressible, it's already in language. It's already, it's, it's already in your mind. <laughs> this is interesting. You can go back to, if you want to explore it, you go back to chapter 6. The author explains how the animal soul works and the author says that it's true that the animal soul's desires start in the heart, but the animal soul's desires will be equivalent to the belief system of the animal soul, to the ability, to the expansiveness of the animal soul's um, thoughts too. So what, what does that mean? Not thoughts, logical thoughts, but thoughts meaning like a child with a young animal soul, so to speak, desires cake because that's within his context of understanding. An adult will desire money because that's within his context of understanding. The actual desire is the result of the broader... N- arena of knowledge intellect exactly but it's not intellect conscious thoughts it's more like fantastic exactly yes well said even before this desire fell into the heart it was in the power of not the actualization of but within the Potential of the Chachamim Das that's in this person's experience. This person is experiencing this thing as something pleasurable from about which I should desire a cake versus money, or you know, whatever. As it's interesting how our animal soul also heals with time, and we go from desiring like things that forget about even child to adult within our own selves, like. Like, you can go from desiring, like, somebody that's toxic for you to somebody that's healthy for me, for you, right? It's both desire, it's both the longing of your soul, but it's based on the, the chachma that you've established. It's based on the... Interesting. To 
learn something interesting or to eat something yummy, right? That's the desire that's coming as the result of the awareness of the... Only after this desire came from that whole chain of events of the power of Chachma Bina Das into the desire of my soul. And then from there... And then from there, it goes from my heart up into my mind. And then from there, it goes up into my heart, and now suddenly there's language. Oh, how do I actualize that desire of my heart? But just we're noticing the infinite context from which that one word or that one, I want that, I want that, right? I want this, that, that I want this, those words are the result of this whole infinity coming before it. It is only at this point that the words and the letters are born. That these are the these distinct languages of each nation that will speak differently in their language. But the language is the symptom of the infinite processes of the soul, of the innards of this person. So, essentially, there's an infinite context to this moment. There's an infinite context even of our animal soul. There is nothing that we will ever find within life that is not the, res- that is not the expression of this infinite context. I will never say a word without it going through that infinite context. Hashem's rea- the reality that we experience, a.k.a. Hashem's creation of life, there's not going to be an exception. There's not going to be something we're ever going to find that's like, oh, but that is just random. Even we're going to end up saying, it's the most interesting thing, we're, once we really have DOS about this, we're not even going to be able to say, that comes from God. Dr. literally says, those words, that comes from God, is an expression of animal soul not fully getting this yet. Nothing comes from God. There's no such thing that is not within God. And what happens when we lean into that is it's very easy for animal soul to, to hear all this and be like, so then everything is the, so then what are you telling me? That everything is the same? There's no differentiation in life? Klipa and Kedusha are actually the same thing? Hamas isn't bad? Um, to fill in and pigs are the same? You know, oh, bad days and good days aren't actually the same? Are actually the same? Like, no, no. When we can lean into this perspective and find this godly soul radiating with its truth that says, in all honesty, ein od malvade. In all honesty, achtos ein achtos. There's oneness. From that place, I actually have the empowerment to look at reality and say, okay, so then how does Hashem see? If you are a reflection of God, what are you actually here for? I'm not scared of you anymore. I'm not threatened by you anymore. But I can actually be curious about why you're actually here. And sometimes it's about, sometimes we feel pain and we feel the, all those things. It's not, but those things are not the enemy. The battle is the victory. The experience of being alive stops becoming the antagonist of our story and the animal soul experiences of life. And even the klipa, everything of life becomes this, becomes aligned with the bigger story. And there's no more exceptions. There's, there's no exceptions. Um, and yeah, from that place, we kill Hamas. You know what I mean? From that place, and we, we're not going to end up finding, we will not end up finding Hamas inside of ourselves. That's the interesting thing about Tanya. But from that, I keep bringing up Hamas because it's like, it's, it's, and it's the thing for me that my animal soul says, 
stop telling me that everything is God because Hamas is real. And it's like, for me, like I have to find, and then, but then from that, that's just the birthing place of my, that's not really what my animal soul cares to tell me. From that place, it's, then it goes into the anxiety and the sadness and the, like, whatever, the apathy towards actually embracing my present life because Hamas is real, so it must be that everything is God. I don't know if, it, like, we're all going to have our own logic of how the animal soul, but just noticing, like, from the place of God being everything, I don't stop seeing reality. I see reality even deeper, and I actually start being able to breathe within each moment. And for anybody who has ever found that space of breath, you see that when you breathe, you actually see things clearer, not less clearly. It's when we're short of breath and when we can't breathe, we, there's no peripheral vision there. There's no actually being able to see what's happening. We're just triggered. We're just in that state of a reactivity. When we breathe and the breath is the reflection of Hashem's breath being this moment, the infinite context of this moment, now I can see clearly. And now I get to choose how I actually want to respond to this moment instead of just being the victim of it. So, l'chaim l'vracha, to the radiation of our godly souls inside of our beings. <laughs>